Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Brad, and I know you're listening to this right now, so this is where we want to start. Where? Right here. Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. Hey, nice hat. Thank you. Hey, what's up, Jody? You are. Uh, what are you? What are you, you going to go deer hunting? What are you doing over you get, there? Getting huh? a lot of flack for this hat, but let me tell you something. I don't have a lot of hair to keep uh, my head warm. And I don't have. Is this like the lead singer of like Scorpions thing going on? How you'd never see that guy without a no. without a flat cap? Cause, no, because it was. I'm just cold. Hair. I wear this. I'm proud to wear this without a hat. Oh, okay. And without wear okay. this without a hat. <laughs> this hat. You can wear this head without a hat. I'm very warm right here under my nose. That's true. The this stash is kicking. Right and how are your, how are your legs doing? My legs are good because I got some running tights on. Everybody who has long yes. underwear on, raise their hand. Yeah, up here. I guess just me and Ben. Yeah, me and I usually do. I actually did have them on earlier today. Do you go heat tech or where do you go? Yeah, go, hell yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Can you I show you guys where tech, I'm at? The thick ones? I haven't tried those. Oh I've didn't, I have the one Come and on. a half. Classic. You wear them all day. Wow. Classic. Only when it's super cold. What are yeah. you guys wearing? Fucking Under Armour or something? Look at these. <laughs> Dude, Come on. Classic. You got to go to the CH Mart in Newark Ave and you get a pack of three. For about six ninety nine. <laughs> listen, listen. Just because yet, there's a reason. There's a reason I'm going to leave my children with something. Is because I don't need fucking body tech Dude, long job. Heat tech, <laughs> you know? heat tech is so cheap. I'm it's telling you, Uniqlo, right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's Uniqlo, but it's like you spend ten bucks. I don't know how it's so cheap, and you get this like thermo. Don't you have to order that from Japan when you yeah, talk Japan to that company? Yeah, they have uh, one on Broadway. They have a bunch of stores. Benny, you got to get some heat tech. I'm not doing it. It's a game changer. Oh my god, I would never. You'd have to buy them for me. It must be made in the same factory where they make iPhones. Like something has to be going on <laughs> for it to be that cheap. Yeah, that's awesome. It's Japanese that, too. It's not Chinese. I mean, well, it's made in China. I'm glad my they long johns can give me yeah, cancer yeah. now too. That's really? awesome. Well, if they're made in the same place as iPhone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah. Look at this room right now. Do you know the amount of things running through all of our bodies right now? You live in a city. EMR. I just feel it. Electromagnetic radiation. <laughs> I just feel it. It's out there, man. It is Jonah out there. in the hippie world. Which I know you <laughs> represent. Uh, like, what would be something that would be a generally like detoxifying for like all this like you know radioactivity going on around me? What's a good thing to nutritionally to take in? 
Uh, this I mean, how to cleanse like toxins? Sure, I would yeah. think charcoal is the new yeah, thing. Yeah, charcoal. Oh. I've been brushing my teeth with with activated charcoal. activated charcoal. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Tin uh, foil on the head, right? Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, turmeric could be right. good for that. It's good for inflammation. Mm. I heard if Himalayan you just pink salt. Yeah, that's if good you just stuff. rub your whole body in oatmeal, that can have some some real benefits. Coconut oil, oh, for sure. Oil? You can put that on anything. Yeah. Yes. I know I do. I actually put coconut oil on my children's raw assholes when they get bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for everything. Buttholes? Buttholes. Bungholes? I, I prefer the word butthole. Butthole. Yeah. Sorry. Seems cuter. They're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are. Your Wait, kids. you do that in lieu of like diaper rash? Yeah. Cream or yeah, whatever? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Pro and tip. you know, it's actually the great thing. Anyone here is about to have kids or anything like that. The other fix-all that you don't think of is breast milk. You got diaper rash. You got some funny stuff going on down there. You got a little infection. Breast milk. Throw it right on there. Interesting. Or the yeah. true the true fix-all for, for those of you who aren't thinking about it is, of course, condoms. Oh, right. <laughs> well, no. Prophylactic. Not 100% effective. It's not 100%. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think abstinence really is the way to go, bro. That's, you know? that's rough. It's the way it's going. We're gonna have sex like the movie Demolition Man soon. We're just gonna wear we're just wearing headsets, man. <laughs> Today in the it. podcast, <laughs> Today in the podcast, we got uh, Nate Kinsella. What's up, Nate? That was a fun interview with Nate. <laughs> fun interview with yeah. Nate. Uh, you yeah. may know Nate. He's been in so many bands: Joan of Arc, Make Believe, December's Architects, his first band. Uh, <laughs> he's currently playing in a band called American Football. Yep. Uh, also does his solo thing, Birthmark. Um, he's released some albums, and uh, yeah, you may know him. His cousin, Mike Kinsella, Tim Kinsella. He's Nate Kinsella. He's like they're like the Kardashians of emo. <laughs> <laughs> stars. That's really yeah. stars. Yeah, Nate's like kind of like the the one you don't hear about as much, right. but when you do, you're like, oh yeah, this yeah. guy's this guy. I forgot about him for but a minute. But they all hold weight. Yes, they all hold weight. Yes. And Nate had some really cool stories, one of which in particular was pretty fascinating. Yes. About, I don't want to tell too much about it. Too much about it. It's an incident of nudity gone too far and very wrong. Yeah, gone more wrong than I thought it was. In the wrong place. He paid for something dearly that he really shouldn't have. Yes, yes. A case of injustice. Um, We also got a great story uh, from our our mystery friend this Mm. week. Good MF. Good MF. And, uh, yeah. Although so, I didn't make it, it was recorded here at Pulse. Oh, yeah. Music. yeah. Pulse and music. This is all recorded Where at Pulse Music. So, yeah. Podcast. In beautiful. Speaking of listening to the podcast, have any, do any of you guys go back and listen to them? I do. Have you heard the Pulse Music jingle that I did? No. Oh, no. I don't listen to it. No. Good work, Brad. You, I don't believe you. But yeah, okay. you might have made that up and I couldn't All call right, you now on. Now you got to go listen. <laughs> and the last thing I want to do sometimes is listen to myself talk for an hour. I know. Yeah. I know that. That's why I got away with it for I feel for like so I'd long. start censoring I, myself. I feel like I feel like too self-conscious. Listen to the podcast is like, how many times can I say Skip um and like in an hour? <laughs> That's what my father told me. Yeah. My father, when when I told him to check out it, he's like, yeah, you sound good. You still say like too much. It's true. We it's all problem. do. We all do. Really hard. Yeah. We got to slow yeah. down, right? You got to slow down and be like more deliberate. It's weird, though, because when you say it, I don't even register it. I don't right. feel like Benny says like a lot. 
But if I'm listening to something, I'll notice it. But if I'm just conversing with someone, I don't notice it. Yes. Why is that? You just filter it out? I don't know. Maybe we're just so accustomed to it. Yeah. I do find myself right now speaking very slowly. <laughs> yes. I've never been more self-conscious about the way I spoke. <laughs> Maybe as we I should am start right this now. interview. I'm, this isn't going to go well. I might implode. Yeah. Okay. I uh, need to curse okay. soon. So let's start. Okay. This. Let's start this interview uh, with Nate Kinsella. <laughs> What's drumagog? AU can replace uh, drum sounds with it um, on a drumagog, like demagog. Wow! That's, I never put that together. That's gotta that's be what it, what it is. Really? Wow! Wow! So it's a plugin that you can use to uh, say like you recorded something, but you're not happy with like, ah, oh, this kick drum sounds really muffled and like can't get it to sound like you can't hear it in the mix at all. You can put this plugin on it, and it'll just replace every single kick drum with a sampled Whoa. kick drum kick. goodness gracious why do you think i don't like that <laughs> i'm a drummer for reference but yeah. as much as i do imagine myself as like john henry you know being the man holding sticks fighting the machines uh-huh. like i do feel that a bit but i also i i'm i don't like being a righteous old man who yeah. who wants to pee on everybody's progress yeah yeah and like if there's something that offers somebody perfect kick drum sounds who the hell am i to tell them not to use it i you know i used to be really uh opposed to like i wouldn't loop anything right like it's gotta be the whole thing you just gotta play through it because there's little things you're gonna do that's gonna it's gonna change it a little bit you won't really know but in your mind it'll be like a feel thing but I think those days are over. I just don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like the reward of doing it all the way through probably doesn't match up with the reward of actually getting something done in right. a, you know, yeah. <laughs> in timelier fashion and yeah. moving on to something else. Yeah. I, I th- think that's something that just goes in experience with music though. It feels is like that idea that, um, you trust yourself enough at a certain age to to let something just go as it is and then have the confidence and faith that something cool is going to come again. Mm-hmm. Not like the thing you're working on is like the last good idea you've ever had. Right. Do you feel that like as you get older, you feel a little more totally. confidence like that? Absolutely. I used to like... <clears throat> It's funny, my, um, I was just digging through a bunch of old hard drives like last night or two nights ago, trying to find something that I worked on, this song that like had five or six different iterations of like the same tracks, that, um, but I would like, I was never happy with it, so I'd like reverse everything and listen to it like that. I'm like, maybe this is the song, and then I'd rewrite everything around that, and, and I just like did it a million different ways. But it was really inefficient because I never actually got anything done. Right. But I learned, um, I learned, like, I think I had to go through that and figure out that there are paths that are worth taking and some are not. And you just have to trust your gut. But I was second guessing everything because I, way more than I am now, I used to be like really hyper self conscious about the stuff that I was making. So, Nothing was ever quite good enough in my mind. So I just like, I never finished anything for years. (laughs) Yeah. What what was your, was your first band Joan of Arc or what was your first? Cause you've been in so many. 
incestuous bands. Yeah. That uh the first one, I mean the first one is like trying to play shows outside of town and like with friends. Um it was one it was in Minneapolis, a band called <laughs> the name is terrible. December's Architects. December's uh, Architects. Math oh. rock band. Um, Sounds very they're really deep. into winter, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was cold. It was cold. I was just there a couple weeks ago over Christmas. Still cold. Um, that was the first band that I was in with a group of buddies where um, I got a minivan and we tried to tour around and and play. But uh, we were probably um, 19 to 21 or something like that. So you were living band. in Minneapolis? Yeah. 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 So, so are you from Chicago or you're from Minneapolis? Um I I grew up like I went to junior high and high school in Minneapolis, so that's where I, I kinda consider myself from there. Okay. Yeah. But I moved to Chicago um when I was twenty three in two thousand three. What was the Minneapolis scene like when you were when you were <clears throat> there? Was it like what kind of venues? What 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 was going on at that time? Is yeah. The- um there were a few venues not very many um so i before worked, triple rock i right as i moved out of town okay. was when triple rock opened All right. um <clears throat> and i heard they just closed they did yeah, yeah i heard that too so sad yeah such a bummer Ugh. and like what are the i mean i don't know i guess i haven't really had my ear to the ground there in a while but i don't know what other venues that size are even there right now like seventh street entry that might be the only place and that's so much bigger than triple rock that's i feel like a lot of cities are really have a void going on in like 300 to like a thousand cap rooms Hmm. like doesn't seem it's like most cities right now i think are pretty much offering you like bar spaces and like thousands yeah but like those yeah. yeah those good like mid-sized like four or five hundred cap rooms where like not huge bands can comfortably come play and mm-hmm. tour in and get paid it's, i don't know yeah and and maybe it's just the harder for these smaller venues to function at this point with like what's happened with you know live nation and and kind of the monopoly on the venues that's going yeah. on it's easier harder to operate yeah, that's interesting. I just assumed that was like a New York thing where it's just space is so expensive. So it's either small or like huge. Yeah. It feels like it's going on everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. What's going yeah. on, Jonah? Are we like, I, I've been asking this question a lot. And it's like, are people who are into the kind of music we're into, are we like, are we going the way of like the jazz musician? <laughs> like, is it getting that niche? We're sure, like, you can make a living for yourself and there'll be people interested in hearing it and stuff like that. But is it's like day in the sun gone? I don't know. You think that, and then American football sells out seven nights at Terminal 5 or something. <laughs> and you're like, what is, what is happening? True. What universe That's are true. we in? <laughs> get people to get to the part of Manhattan that no subway will touch. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part of Manhattan yeah. ever. Nate, how is that happening? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> no, sorry, not to turn this around on you. No, but. I don't think anyone, not, <clears throat> no one can explain it. Not anyone, even people who are like d- involved in the thing, even the people who wrote those songs, they're like, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. Polyvinyl, they're like, such a unicorn, man. Yeah. Who knows? We're just all happy. <laughs> it's crazy. Happy it happened. And, uh, yeah, it's a bizarre thing. But uh, I really don't know. Like, 
I'm sort of not really plugged in as much as I maybe should be. I don't know. I'm in my mid to late thirties. I don't feel like I have to pay attention. Yeah. I just don't, I've thought that someday I might pay attention, um, more, but then I just never did. And, and so I don't know. I don't really have any insight on like where things are going. Yeah. Just riding the ride. Yeah. And I, well, I had a, well, I didn't have a baby. My wife and I together, (laughs) it was a joint effort, had a child almost a year ago. So I've been especially like unplugged. I, it's school. funny you say that because I was talking. I'm the same. I have a two year old and an eight month old right now, Congrats. so I'm I'm in the shit. Yeah, like, and uh, literally, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Actually, there was a morning the other day. It was before six thirty a.m., and I had managed three different humans and a a dog's feces by that point (laughs) i said interspecies 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 are you included yeah yeah i'm the third third okay (laughs) dude that's your band that's what i was hoping you would say wow yeah that's a lot but it was it was i was i realized that i looked at the clock i'm like it's impressive it's impressive i got it well done Got you, it done. Today. You give yourself a, real a bonus. Man. Are you like I'm gonna get a like a no, instead of a coffee? I'm getting like a macchiato. No, nothing <laughs> happens for you. That's yeah. that's one of the things about parenting. You have to quickly learn is like unless you believe that you're being judged by God and something you know is rewarding you for this. Like, yeah, I mean, it's truly thankless. <laughs> You literally save their lives like 10 times a day. Right, They don't right. know that. They don't know, like, listen, if I left the room for 11 seconds, you would have died. You never would have had your whole life that you're going to resent me for if I let you fall. You know? And they'll, they'll, they'll never know. But uh, this was okay, leading. This is all okay, leading yeah, to me. something, which was... You just didn't want to brag about how much shit you handled the other day. Well, I do want to brag like, yeah, about you that. Yeah, you should. But you should get credit for that. I was joking with another friend, and we were talking about... Um, we were pushing a new project we had to like labels or something and we were talking about labels and every label we were bringing up was like good about 15 years ago and we have no idea if it's still good or not maybe mm-hmm. and, and we're wildly out of the loop and he's like oh it's really pathetic we're out of the loop and I'm thinking about it I'm like you know what if we were in the loop right now we would definitely be shirking responsibilities elsewhere you know, like mm-hmm. if I was actually going into the city like three nights a week and checking out bands and staying out late and not being able to wake up in the morning and this, like I would literally be a worse parent mm-hmm. if I was in the loop. So there's just like a time and a place maybe, right? Like, mm-hmm, Absolutely. And that time has maybe passed for men like <clears throat> us. Yeah. I <laughs> I have a, a pad and a, <clears throat> a pen and a piece of paper that I... Uh, will like jot things down on throughout the day because i have a really horrible short-term memory so um if i think of something I'm like oh i gotta do that i'll write it down but uh i can't act on anything <laughs> on this <laughs> list until like the baby takes a nap right and as soon as she goes down for a nap i'm just like tear through that list and it's really good because i feel like i'm doing something and i'm not just i don't just like sit down and like you know look through instagram or something like i'm i I still feel productive but um it's yeah it's you you can't mesh the two yeah no you're either doing what you have to do or you're either doing all the tasks 
or your parenting. Right. And when you try to do both at the same time, you're, bad at both. you're just horrible at both of them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> so you end up being terrible. <laughs> you guys both are, are sort of, I mean, like, I know you feel you probably don't go to a lot of shows, but you're in a band, you play shows, same with you, and you also do live sound. So I'd imagine uh, you, yeah. especially in that context, like, because I've seen you at City Winery and the Bell House, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're seeing bands you've never heard of. Who like you are being paid to stand there and watch? Right, them. right, yeah. <laughs> What's that like? I mean, are you ever there? This is like always my take on this. Like you're ever there, and you're like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough to watch this band. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to say that it hasn't happened. To me. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's happened. <laughs> but on the flip side, there are some nights that i'm working that i think it's amazing that i get to uh, that i like this is my job and i get a seat i get to sit and i have yeah. a best seat because i'm right yeah. in the middle and i get and i'm up high i can like see the whole show it's you're great. also like if, uh, i can't really hear the guitar yeah i'm gonna yeah. change, I'm just gonna change yeah. it yeah. <laughs> do, you get, do you get anxiety though something stops working like or do yeah. you stay cool or how because i think i learned how to stay cool but that was not my go-to emotional response usually (laughs) when things go wrong i definitely had to like figure out how to do that because you're really you're working for people also and if they see you lose your cool then it's that much worse but if you can play if you can like hold it together and in you know physically but in your mind (laughs) be like running in circles to solve the problem i think that's a really good it's true you're like a pilot like i feel like (laughs) something's going on on like a plane even if the pilot's like not doing well you don't want him to like get <laughs> on and be like, like all right listen <laughs> feeling really overwhelmed but i'm going through the book i've tried everything yeah i think I've, i could imagine like when you're playing you can't do anything about your sound you're like yeah. totally handcuffed uh-huh. if someone's looking like they're freaking out you'll just be like oh shit yeah it probably sounds horrible out there you know? <laughs> how did you kind of get started mixing live sound in new um, york city uh well i think it's the one marketable skill that i have it's like the only thing that i can really do (laughs) i mean other than playing music but that does that didn't that doesn't pay uh or at least i didn't that was definitely just a hobby that i sank all my money into for like years and years and years so that wasn't something that i made money off of but um uh let's see i moved here during fashion week uh-huh. So, what year was best that time long? to move How to New York? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was 2011, and you were modeling professionally at that time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're very tall. Yeah, you are very tall. <laughs> oh man, I, as funny story, I actually uh, a friend of mine worked um, at like a modeling agency in Chicago, and she's like, "We need some like normal, like looking guys. Like, can you just come down just one day and just like meet?" meet the the whatever the person who finds people and it'll be fine he's a friend of mine just come on down and i was like flattered i'm like oh, okay so i went i went down there took the train downtown and i like walked into this <clears throat> modeling agency <laughs> it was like oh shit immediately because everyone in there is like super gorgeous and um and uh and I sit there waiting and like kind of sweating, getting really nervous about it. And they call me into the room, and it's like a it's like a boardroom. Um, there's like ten people in there, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. And they're like, "So tell us about your experience and like what you've been doing." I'm like, "I don't. I have done nothing. This. I literally just took the train here. They're like, okay, well, I'm just very, very good looking." <laughs> 
That's like, it. Yeah, that's what qualifications great. do you need? Yeah, uh, that's it. Well, Who are they? Chiseled think, features? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, okay, that's NASA. fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Let's just get your sizes. Like, what uh, What size pants do you wear? And I had to say, I don't know. <laughs> like, you don't know. I'm like, I'm like in the 30s. Yeah. And I'm in the 30s. Like, Low what's 30s? Your, yeah. What's your inseam? I don't even know what that is. It was really embarrassing. And Who uh, knows? I, so that's... you. I would I would have no idea what my instinct. No way. Is. No chance. Well So how'd that pan out? Well I, I was so flustered and nervous I left I like ran out of there and I went to go home and I got on a train going in the opposite direction and I just like couldn't think straight. <laughs> no. It was really embarrassing. And that ended my modeling career. That was it. <laughs> but then you Before saw Fashion started. Week was coming. Yeah. Here's like, yeah. my and, chance. Here we go. Gotta, I have time to learn how to exfoliate. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I moved here during Fashion Week and I had a friend who worked for a production company here who I had done sound with in Chicago and so he hooked me up with some gigs here. Nice. Run, running cables and yeah. I What's ha- like the biggest jerk you've run into so far in New York? Like like just oh, the wildest out there request from a band. Oh wow. You know, maybe I've been lucky because nothing's really coming to mind. That's good. Yeah. Nothing's nothing. We had a sound guy once who told our drummer, I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys. Uh oh. He was like, You got you gotta cut a hole in that kick drum. Oh. He was yeah. like, You gotta cut a hole in it, I can't mic it without a hole. And our drummer was kinda like it was David, he plays in pianos become the teeth, he plays United, like plays tours a lot. And he was like, Ah, I think we're in Canada or something. He's like, Nah, I think I'm good and the guy was like, You gotta cut a hole in it, I can't mic it. <laughs> <laughs> and it became this whole thing where the guy was like, wouldn't let it go. And he yeah. was like, just throw a mic in front of it. Like, it's like a DIY show. There's 20 people here. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually had the same exact thing. Happen. Really? Really? Yeah. I, uh, I'd always had a kick drum with a hole in it. Like, just because I bought one and I never thought about it. And then I had a kick drum made. And I was like, and it was for a tour. It was when. And it had your face on it course you know how i roll yeah. and the like, hole was your mouth yeah and you were like, <laughs> the four phases of my day each <laughs> illustrated through my face on the drum that's how i do it beautiful i don't think it's over the top i mean no, I, no, no. I, think I think it's, it's right where it it's needs exactly to be. i agree <laughs> but so i decide i'm like it was before we left for this huge tour we were opening a tour for thrice alkaline trio and rise against so this is like a massive big thing mm-hmm. And Rise Against had their own monitor equipment and a monitor guy through the whole tour. He happened to be a pretty salty guy early on. And because we're from New Jersey and talk a lot of shit, it got a little like, it got weird quick. Because like, if someone's just randomly a dick to me that I've never met, they're going to fucking get it, man. Like, I'm not just letting it And you're like, like, I'm playing on this tour. And you're going to see each other every day. Real quickly, I'm like, yo... Fuck that, dude. I don't give a shit. You know, like, that's kind of my vibe. With that. I don't You're know. a monitor guy for a band that I'm not in. It just didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But it mattered enough to me to not piss off the tour that when this guy made a stink about my kick drum, and I was like, for real, come on, just, like, handle it. Like, it's not hard. It just air comes off the top of it one way or the other. Like, you, you'll sort it out, you know? But he was so crispy about it. That I did. I took one of those, and I I got one of those hole kits Uh where you put the hole in and the plastic never works. (laughs) So I still have a head. Uh, 
uh, at my house with like you know electrical <laughs> tape like going all through the top of it and stuff like that because this asshole. Yeah, he should have made yeah. it extra like jagged uh, cut so he cut himself that's where, every I mean, time he put the fucking. But these were lean the, times too, and this is where like like I can throw around like thrown on kick drum heads like on yeah, tour, like, sponsorship but especially like a non super expensive a non batter head yeah i need to purchase like once every half decade <laughs> like that, that's not a regular purchase <laughs> you, you, you sponsors how often do you purchase drum heads or do they just show up magically in the drum mail? heads yeah well remo is like gibson in the idea that they're like everybody wants to play these so we're not giving them to so anyone. we don't really give them to anybody yeah you get Remo, basically, the first time I went to them for an endorsement, were sort of like, go gold and call us back. was wow. basically the vibe. <laughs> gangster. It wow. was pretty gangster. <laughs> and you know what? Respect, because I still buy Remos, because yeah. they're good. <laughs> but Nate, I do, I, I get a deal now. Nate, what about you? What's your go-to head? Oh, man. I mean, I haven't played drums in a... The last time I played drums in a band, I was in the same sort of boat where I, <clears throat> I never... Bothered really to change them out unless they broke, but I, yeah, I think I'd buy a Remo one. But I did find like one of the drums that I played was literally pulled out of a dumpster. Yes, like uh, that little is like a little eight inch toka, like oh, timbale. Cool. Yeah, and, yeah. And then uh, I Frankenstein'd a, I put legs on a twelve inch <laughs> tom to turn it into a floor tom. The idea was to be able to fit everything in one case, so I just used really small drums and. You play drums in because it's so it is confusing because you've been in so many bands that have involved so many people and you play different instruments. You play drums in make believe, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And this is a crazy story. So I was uh, at a, uh, I believe a Vietnamese restaurant okay. in Los Angeles. We're gonna go with that. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting there with my friend Jamie, and I think it was just two of us, maybe our friend Lindsay too, and. Uh, this guy walked in, standing by himself, looked a lot like Tim Kinsella, uh, just standing by himself. And uh, I was like, I think that's Tim Kinsella. And I was like, yeah, it's, we're in Los Angeles. And I went to him. I was like, Tim, he's like, oh, hey. And I was like, do you want to eat with us? And he was like, sure. So we sat. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this really happened. This is like four years wow. ago, maybe. Okay. And so he sat with my two friends and we had Vietnamese food. And he was like, I just wrote a book. Uh do you want a copy? And I was like, sure. And he gave me this book about the make believe, like huh. a tour journal almost. And then huh. in the back it had every show they'd played cataloged. And it talked a lot about, uh, yeah, basically like a tour diary sort of. Cool. And I was curious, did you read that? And like, what was kind of your reaction having been there? Cause that's the kind of thing where like, whenever I'm on tour, I'm like, I wish I could do something like this. And then I'm like, I'm too lazy to write it down. And right. then you forget. But yeah. that's like an actual, I mean, what kind of memories does something like that bring back? Because a lot of those shows are kind of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, in- really intense. It was not. Like, yeah, it was not like a. <laughs> it was. Um, wow, <laughs> that band was really uh, an intense band to like be in, and uh, when it's funny, like when you're in it, I guess like in any relationship, you don't. It's. It takes some time when you step away and you think about it. Like, sure. wow, that was actually very odd. That chemistry, or like, that maybe was not the most healthy thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and it's that reading that book definitely made me see that. I was like seeing all the signs of how dysfunctional the whole thing was. Um, Did you see it in like yourself too? Like mistakes you. 
Yeah, I was. <clears throat> yeah, I was. Um, I used. To, I was more of. I was just like a, an angrier young man. I <laughs> feel like you know when you're in your like mid twenties and you're. I don't know. There's a you're just struggling with like a million different things. Yeah, like, and uh, when you're in a band, who I mean, we like would we're pretty nonstop. We just like record an album, release it, and then tour. And we would do we did it like every year year for, for probably like three or four years or something. And it was just nonstop. <clears throat> there wasn't any. There wasn't a point like we never stopped and asked ourselves like, "Hey guys, why are we living like this? <laughs> why are we doing this?" You know, and um. And I think that uh, um, Tim is definitely like the engine behind the machine where he just goes and goes and he still is doing it. He's still going and he's just changed his focus and um, he's like doing better now than than ever. Like it's really great um, that he's there was a point where he, where it's it was pretty dark, but uh, he's turned it around and he's like totally awesome. Well, when he of. came on the podcast, he came on the podcast a few years ago, mm-hmm. a while ago, and he was basically like, we talked a lot about Chicago, and he was basically like, Chicago's cheap enough, especially compared to New York, where like right. you can be an artist and make enough money to pay rent, mm-hmm. where it isn't really as possible here. I mean, do you feel like that fed into like? the fact that you guys were able to kind of spend so much time on the road and sort of push so hard. Yeah. It, we were able to do it. I mean, it wasn't like we were, uh, ev- nobody was starving. We all had, we all had jobs that we could pick up when we got home, you know? So that was an important element. And we had a vehicle. Bobby had a van that we could tour in. It's huge. Yeah. Well, that's a Did big it thing. have a name? Oh, I don't think we named it. Oh. Yeah, you know what? This brings me back to this Vietnamese restaurant. Tim was there because Bob was tour managing, like a big artist who was playing across the street. Oh, okay. It's like Joanna Gruesome. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. Is that, yeah. Yep, that would have been them, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm putting, piecing it all together. Also, <laughs> this is crazy, Nate stayed at my house in Cleveland. What? Yeah. How how long ago do you think that was? I mean, dude, <laughs> like this Like when you were it? still living when in Cleveland? When I was Cleveland? still living wow. in Cleveland. <laughs> This I mean, is crazy. You have an insight into things that even we don't have. <laughs> Cleveland Jonah is a mystery. <laughs> well, I've been in New York for 11 years. I was in Cleveland from a very small window from 02 to 05. Right. Wow. I mean, that sounds about right. That must, maybe that was um, on a, I think it was, was it my birthday? Yes, it was your birthday. And I was <laughs> friends with Nate's girlfriend at the time. And she wanted to come to Cleveland and surprise Nate. I believe at a Joan of Arc show at the old Grog shop. The old Grog. And yeah, she stayed at my apartment and then I guess surprised Nate. And then I felt like you got like something. I can't remember. It's fi- I mean, this was probably like literally 15, 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's I, funny. I remember that. You I think we all went deep. out for sushi. Yeah, we went for sushi. And I remember. Someone you were even the, going for sushi yeah. in the early 2000s? Jonah loves Asian You're so ahead This is my everybody. early sushi like, days. I was tired. Were we talking sushi, just avocado rolls? We're here? talking like <laughs> avocado. I was vegetarian probably. Also, but sushi was, in Cleveland? I was probably going California roll if I was eating fish. <laughs> if I was eating fish. But I was, yeah. But we, I remember someone. Some, uh, some lake tuna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do, I think we do a perch, a nice, yeah, nice lake eerie perch. Lake Erie perch. <laughs> uh, someone played bombs Fluke over. roll. Someone played bombs over Baghdad <laughs> mm. at the show. And I remember we had just like bombed Baghdad. Oh, God. And someone yeah. thought it was like ironic. Jeez. And I remember being like, this seems kind of messed up. Yeah. The wrong outcast song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I uh, I was I was reading the story about 
with you guys. Um, <clears throat> I guess it was towards the end of Joan of Arc. Uh, and you guys were on tour and there were members of the band that wanted to take it in more of like a, a rockin' kind of direction. And that's what turned into make-believe. Oh. And then I, I was just wondering in that scenario, like, who was sort of advocating for what? Like, who wanted to be more rock and who wanted to pull it back in like the equation you were in i think that um i think that there was some thought well so all those guys had this band owls for right. a period that um was like a slimmed down like rock and roll version it was like a classic like led zeppelin lineup like Stand-up singer, bass, guitar, drums is like as classic as it as it gets. Yeah. And I think the idea was to bring it back to that um, and have it be less of a sort of recording project or an art project and have it be something that we just made without any studio tools and just kind of something we could just present live and then just kind of go really hard touring. That That was the idea because on that after that joan of arc tour that led up to that decision there were two drum sets on stage um there was a keyboard uh you know two guitars and ba- i mean it was like and the bass and uh yeah there were five of us that were all constantly switching instruments hmm. but then even when we made that switch to doing make-believe stuff where it was like the slimmed down version we did do another joan of arc album in a break between make believe albums, which was totally went right back into like a million, like a million different instruments. I remember bringing a cello on tour once. I don't really play the cello. <laughs> I just brought it. I'm like, ah, because I put it on the album, and I I wanted to get good at it. So I was like, oh, I guess if I play this every night, I'll get good at it. Um, Did you get good at cello? I got okay. It was a good uh, competent. Competent. I can fake it. <laughs> I can fake it. Okay. How, how do you look back on like that era of like Jade Tree, like the Joan of Arc? Because I feel like that was such a incredible moment in, like, yeah. especially like punk history. Like sure. you know, it was like Jess Rizzo, like Promise Ring, like yeah. you guys, like all of those bands. Like, how do you kind of look back at that era, and especially being involved in that label at that time? Well, I actually. Um, the first album that I got involved in was the tour for So Much Staying Alive and Lovelessness, which was like the last Joan of Arc album that they did on Jade Tree. So okay. I actually had like no dealings with mm. Jade Tree. Um, we stayed at their house once <laughs> on <laughs> tour. It got kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but um, I saw it as like I was like a fan. I was yeah. Same, yeah. I was just like a, a fan of all that stuff too so it was basically how i saw it was just like i could not believe that i was gonna be stepping into that world That's and kinda... now epitaph has a catalog I guess. oh really they should let you know yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you should know oh, yeah yeah i don't know if i've played on any of that stuff though it's fine i don't want anything <laughs> i mean i don't know that, that that give it to tim he works yeah. he works hard well I think it could be time for Mystery Friend. Yeah. Oh, boy. Have you been aware of oh, Mystery shit. Friend? <laughs> <laughs> it's a segment on the show where essentially we find someone you know, they pose a question <laughs> that leads usually to a story, and we'd like you to discuss it and then guess 
which friend told us. Oh, wow. This is mystery friend. Benny, you did such a good job explaining it. I usually explain it, and then the person's like, so what? <laughs> like, I don't understand. And anything. to be clear, you win nothing. Okay, cool. Okay. I feel but, like we're still waiting on the theme music. Yeah, yeah. we need it. We need probably, it. Wait, Brad? Okay. Put it in. Okay, here's the question. Okay. You can ask him if the lump on his head has ever fully receded since Australia. <laughs> Who or tell? Please tell the story yeah, about the story lump, first. The lump <laughs> on your head in Australia, yeah. and then we can That's get. That's a good one. Okay, That's a good. Okay. That's All a good right. MF. I might need another beer for this one. Um, you want me to open that sure. one? <laughs> Cracking a beer. Oh, we need a beer for this one. Yeah, yeah. Fresh beer for the Aussie story. Well, it's you need fitting. a Foster's or something. <laughs> so, thank you. You're this would have been on our. Uh, on an American football tour, we went, this is two summers ago, maybe it was within the past two years, um, we went to, we toured Japan, and then right afterwards, since we're already in that hemisphere, we're going to go to Australia. Those two, by the way, those two places are nowhere. Not close. (laughs) Not close. (laughs) So it's like... It's like a nine-hour flight or something, isn't it? Yeah. Just because you can spin the globe and see them at the same time doesn't mean anything. They're very far away. Yeah. So, um... Japan has snow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's summertime in Australia. So we went there and um, Japan is like our collective favorite place. Like it's my favorite place. We had such a great time that we have friends there and spent like an amazing week where we stayed in the same place. It was like all the tour things lined up. So it was really comfy, like staying in the same hotel every night. And like, you know, it was just great. Play the same venue. tour becomes vacation. Yeah. It was so easy. We're doing day trips to all these different places. It was great. None of us had been to Australia before, so we got there, and we're jet-lagged. I'm like, ah, that flight was long. Um, and uh, I think we were probably drinking on the flight, and we checked into our hotel, and there was, like, a tennis court, and, like, there's a pool and a hot tub and all these cool hotel amenities. So um, I think we played some tennis, and then we went, to out, went out to a bar, and it felt really late because we had been on a plane for a long time. But it was actually probably, like, 6 p.m., and we just started drinking at this bar and like way more than we should have like kind of hours went by and um we ended up uh trying to make friends with people and it wasn't going very well and 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 we were like this is some this is nothing compared to japan just like five and not right yeah, yeah it was not fun and like we kind of got into a little bit of, of a tiff with the owner of the bar and mike ended up like drinking the owner's beer when he wasn't looking and <laughs> they, like, ran out of there. can be a little jockey you <laughs> yeah know? yeah everyone they're, yeah, little, everyone there they're was, like cops yeah they were yeah. like twice as big as yeah us. they're huge <laughs> yeah yeah and they were yeah, it was just... It's the opposite of Japan. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like really yeah. small and polite and quiet. And all of a sudden we get the opposite type of personality that we're surrounded in. So we, I mean, we were probably being dicks too. Um, <laughs> in fairness. So we like get back to the hotel and like, oh, the night's not over yet. Let's sneak into the pool and get into the hot tub. So we all get into the hot tub. And <clears throat> you know what that does to like when you're already been drinking and... <laughs> At one point, I thought, uh, the funniest part of the story, <laughs> I had an idea for a really great joke. I was like, this is going to make, everyone's going to die. <laughs> this is going to be so funny. And I get out of the hot tub, and I walk over to the pool, and I like spread my arms out. It's like, uh, you know, going to do like a face plant into the pool. And, and I, I lean forward, and on my way down into the water, I yell, turn down for what? And like land, into, <laughs> land in the pool, right? 
<laughs> as I hit the pool. <laughs> I begin to laugh. Like, I am laughing because I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever thought of. And then, poof, I hit the bottom with my oh, forehead. Shit. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And everything kind of like, yeah. I had like a moment Sobered of clarity. Up real fast. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, that was a terrible idea. And I then feel I, like I can feel the adrenaline. Right, of that. Yeah. right. <laughs> so I crawl out of the pool and I like, I like roll over to the hot tub and I was like, guys. And no one's paying any attention to me. Like, did you hear that? Or did you see that? And no, one, no one's just like, they're, they're not, they don't oh, even know that I'm even there. The joke was a bomb, Yeah, too. it was a total bomb. So then... You nearly died for this. I nearly died for it. And shortly after, a guy from the hotel that who worked there came out and was like, you guys gotta get in. We're like, we're yeah. being really quiet. And I was like, like, no, you weren't. I, there was yelling out here. It's like, I heard turned so down for what? You had a bomb? I, yes. The next day I woke up. I looked in the mirror. I had a giant goose egg right on my forehead. Oh, no. Yeah. You didn't even know the night before. No. Where were you guys? Oh, you were in Australia? Where, yeah. where were you drinking? And beers there? Yeah, I think it was just beers. It was just a long Nothing period silly. of time. Well, yeah. I guess that there's a very small segment of people that would ask. Yeah. For you to I tell guess the story. This had to come from someone in the hot tub, right? Yeah. yeah. Was, it, was it Chase? It was not Chase. Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. Um, Wow. Was it Mike? It was Mike. Uh, right. Mike and Silla. Yeah. Mike and Silla. Well, he was yeah, he was mystery friend. Yes. One Thank of- you, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> now everyone knows <laughs> what an idiot I am. Turn down for a while. Yeah. That's funny. That's like <laughs> early in that song too. Yeah. Like, yeah, right in the That was like beginning. that song was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I'm gonna nail this. <laughs> Very contemporary reference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And then our, the That's, other guy who was in the hot tub, Jason, who's our front of house guy, played that song after we got done. It was like the song when we finished our set. He would turn that. He would play that right after we got done every night for the rest of that tour. It was really nice. <laughs> oh, some that made ver- you feel good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some version of that story is like the guy like repairing his broken neck. Yeah. There's usually some version yeah. of that story. too. Yeah. So. You did all right. That was, was a goose a fun egg. night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, it could have been so bad, though. Yeah. How about, but I it mean, wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> Another story that has been told on this podcast, I can't remember if it's Mike or Tim, was uh, your antics at the Christian Music Festival. Mm. Yeah. Which was kind of a legendary story. Yeah, I wanted mm. to hear about this. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you're willing. <laughs> or is that something you're trying to put behind you? Are there oh. too many religious scruples? <laughs> oh... <laughs> How about like the abridged version? Like, say you're telling it to like a fifth grader. Like, how would you t- how would you tell it? To oh that? my god, that would be yeah. How would I phrase that? that? Work. Is yeah. it harder? That's harder. Oh. Yeah. Oh, long story short, I got naked at a rock show and got arrested for it. Spent a month and a half in jail. Whoa! Oh shit! <laughs> I was in. They separate people out by their crimes in the jail that I was oh, in. No. So I was you in there with, with like sex offenders. Sex offenders yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Jonah, you said this was funny. I actually didn't realize you were into that. I thought <laughs> it was like an overnight thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, we fucked with these Christian people. Aren't they uptight? Yeah. Month and a half. That's a stretch. Yeah, that's you did crazy. a stretch. Where yeah, were was, you? It was supposed to, What's that? Where were you? This is in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, which is Bart- about an hour north of Tulsa. Whoa. Yeah. Um, it was a very strange time. 
it was an overnight thing. Like I did spend the night in jail, but it was followed by like nine months of court dates and then me potentially facing a felony because that's actually a felony to do that oh in that God. state and in oh Florida and like a few other states. So it's basically just the wrong place. But wrong place, wouldn't wrong time, someone wrong specifically well, have the wrong to, like, thing to do? <laughs> more <or> like, <laughs> did someone specifically press charges against you? It ended up just being the city. It was okay. like a public it, lewdness. Yeah, basically, that's kind of what that that could be a felony. Yeah, well, indecent you know, exposure is a is the Holy felony. Shit. Yeah, yeah. But you and Jim Morrison, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are an exclusive <laughs> company. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was really, uh, it was really bizarre and like totally stressful. And um, but actually, the jail time, uh, I gotta say, was just fine. Like yeah. I ended up. The only thing to do is just like make buddies. And uh, I don't mean this as a joke, but do you are you in touch with anybody that you met in there? I uh, not anymore. I did like keep up with a guy. Um, Everyone that I was in there with ended up, well, they were all going through their trials. So they didn't know what was happening. Right, they were just right. in there. They couldn't make bail. So they just had to stay in jail. Um, but they all got, they all got sentenced to like 10 years in prison and then 10 years probation. And like, so actually they all just got out like a couple of years ago or maybe a year ago or something. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, when you're in close quarters with a group of people like that, you just like, make buddies with them um so i did and i kept up with this one guy he's we exchanged a few letters but there's only so much that i could do and he didn't have any family or friends really and he needed some money and i was like i don't know i feel bad but i just kind of like i, I don't, don't have any do. money yeah to give you yeah yeah. Well, yeah yeah once you open that door yeah 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 and, I don't know. So I, I had I had to cut it off. But uh but um we just played dominoes all night. We had dominoes competitions, we'd drink instant coffee. We were in the basement so you never knew what time it was. Uh they would turn the lights out at night, but um Um I taught uh this one guy how to play chess and we just play chess over and over again and he like, got really obsessed with it. And he beat me once, and he like never let me hear the end of it. It was really great. <laughs> um, yeah, it was actually like a good time. Did you like, like legitimately like take anything away from that experience? Because I can imagine it's so far out of the box, which someone in our world and mm -hmm. in that scene would ever have to experience, like actually doing real time in jail. Like, yeah, people don't usually. Did is there anything specifically like you feel you took from that? Yeah, I. I th well, I mean, the reason I ended up there is because I had such a chip on my shoulder about... I mean, I went through a phase of reading nothing but um, Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and, like, all mm. these guys. So that's what I went in. That's the attitude I had at that right. time. Uh, right. And then when I went in there, like, they thought it was amazing. I mean, I played dumb that I, was, like, didn't have religion in my life. I was like, I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm from the North. We don't have that up there. Just to, like, protect myself. Sure. But definitely, like, I woke up one morning with uh, this one guy. Uh, it was, like, the guy I taught how to play chess. There were only, like, five of us in there. So right. um, I woke up with his hand, like, on my head. He was, like, palming my head like he was, like, a basketball. And I woke up like that. And I was, like, looked at him. And, like, and he was praying for me. Like, this wow. is something that's very real for these people. Yeah. 
He was like proper trying to like save your soul. Yeah, like for them, yeah. it's it was really an important part of their lives, and I got to see that how when they're they were all in such in a situation where they're completely powerless. So it made sense for them. I mean, it just makes sense to have hope in something, and like yeah. so, it. it I kind of got it dealt back to me. It was like I have to respect this i have to respect that yeah, people have sure. these beliefs and and i'm not as i'm not like a staunch atheist anymore i but just yeah. Yeah. you weren't so sure anymore what's that you weren't so sure anymore well i i mean i know that well i don't think that there is like a, a god or any gods or like a higher power but i do think that having those beliefs definitely influences the way that you think and like sure. the way you go sure. about your life so and that's ultimately what ultimately i think that has an influence on your character and what kind of person you are and if that's going to help someone become a good person then i can't argue that that's something yeah. bad to have in your life you know mm -hmm. so. yeah but as much as like ricky gervais or like uh sam harris or those guys talk about being atheists like you really backed it up like that's like <laughs> i mean like those guys i'm sure you like went yeah, yeah, your money it, right now. let's give yeah, a little credit true. where yeah. credit is due like you don't still believe that that's like yeah, I, didn't see, I didn't see bill maher do any time no way no, no way yeah. not for a they second they wouldn't do it they wouldn't do it um <laughs> they would never get naked are you still i remember uh you put out that birthmark record a couple of years ago mm -hmm. which is more of like that was more like your own sort of project i mean is that Jonah, didn't you write the uh, press release for that? Oh, did I? I, I believe know. so. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Did I do? No, that was actually part of me making fun of you on the text this morning. Was that I was looking into some of this stuff and you had written a press release. For I it. might have done your bio. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's possible. <laughs> I don't know. I do a lot of these things. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> is that something? Because I remember you did the shows at Rough Trade oh, yeah. and with a bunch of guests. I mean, is that. Are you still kind of doing that? Are you still pursuing your own kind of... I know you're still touring with American Football, mm -hmm. but what's kind of your musical priority now, I guess? Um, well, when I, ha when I find time to work on it, I, I do. I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to, like, mix it up a little bit. Um, like, take us through, like, Nate Kinsella. Like, what's... Like what's what's a day like if you have some a, a block of creative time like you like for some it's like the kids out of the house yeah kids things house. things have magically aligned and you're Not like working. I have a few hours yeah. to work on something well so Fridays I I have that whole, that day to myself like today so like nice went, yeah so I went to I have a rehearsal space very cramped small rehearsal space and our lives are so similar <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got a day of the you week got, that, that you what's can, your day I, I have a day of the week it it, it alters okay uh, it's been thursday because of tinker garden class recently <laughs> i think it's switching to mondays because of swim class <laughs> oh, okay cool. yeah yeah and also an extremely cramped rehearsal space yeah close to my house yeah yeah so <laughs> i go there um and whatever project I'm working on is kind of get started on like so I'm I'm mixing and producing in quotes uh, a Joan of Arc record right now. Oh yeah, which is really fun. They kind of handed me a hard drive hmm. of a ton of stuff, and we're like, do what you want. So mm -hmm. so that's been really fun. Um, is it just like jams, quote unquote, or just like? pieces of things and they're like make a song out of this yeah lots of jams a few songs there's lots of like uh 
there are a handful of uh, acapella songs um, oh, from cool. yeah. That's cool. Um, so it's do you it's have like, total free reign? Yeah. Well, they there were a few um, constraints, but when I got into it, I was like, I don't like these constraints. So I don't know. I need to be excited about this. So I kind of just like. You know, when you get an idea and you start kind of tiptoeing towards it, and then the next thing you know, you're like all in. and like, ah, oh, this is the way it's got to be. <laughs> this is the way I'm excited about it. So that's kind of what I did. And then I showed it to them, and they were, and they were excited about it. It took a, about a week, but then they got excited about it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, um, and, um, and then, uh. And where are all those guys at? Like, they're in Chicago. They're all still in Chicago. Yeah. And I've been taking composition lessons, um, which is cool. really fun, uh, yeah. with this guy, um, Bill Bertel, who uh, is one of the founders of New Amsterdam Records. They do, like, new music and um, it, and uh, really great stuff. That Actually, a lot of the stuff that they put out was a big reason why I moved, why I wanted to move to New York, because there's a lot of really cool music happening here, and I thought that maybe I could fit into that world, so... I finally started to like step towards it a bit more, which has been really fun to think about um, because I think like the world that we're all used to is like uh, where you're in a band and there's a label and you release an album and then you tour and sort of thing. It's not like commission based work. You're not mm-hmm. like I don't know. There's a whole nonprofit world out there mm-hmm. that uh, I feel like there might be a place for me in. I just it's still a hustle, but it's, is that label like sort of like new? orchestral yeah. like new like yeah but, generally yeah. yeah i feel like i know that yeah that name but i'm not i can't like pinpoint who it is yeah is there any sort of like star they, on that label or something well, did they put out some nico muley stuff see okay. i'm just gonna now i'm gonna like totally butcher what uh yeah, yeah, yeah no that's <laughs> put you on the spot with it but, yeah uh battle trance they put out a battle it's kind of like that thing? experimental it's like it doesn't like quite... new orchestra. I don't yeah. even know how to describe it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's basically that's cool. it. Yeah. I mean, things that aren't don't exactly fit in, in a genre. Right, right. And I don't know. I so yeah, you mentioned that rough trade show. Like, um, I put together. I don't know how many people were on stage. It was like twenty or something. It was a lot of people. It was like a string quartet and a horn section, and it was like huge. But it was such a giant undertaking, and. Uh, it's just not something that like uh it's just not sustainable in that right. way. Sure. I like did that once and then I I literally took out a loan. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. And it's cuz like I really want to do this thing and you know rehearsals were we didn't have a whole lot of time and the f- we did it all in sectionals. So by the time everyone got to the show, soundcheck was the only time everyone had played together. So wow. at that wow. time, it's like too late to like, if there are little things that are wrong. Just gotta go with it. That's I got crazy. You just like, <laughs> so you gotta just like, fingers crossed. Yeah. You just gotta get through it and then just kind of learn. And so. How'd that wind up coming together? Were you pretty, pretty pleased? I'm pleased. I'm, I'm glad that I did it. I'm really, I, I learned a lot from it, from, uh, trying to like tackle something so on on a that was the the biggest live thing i've tried to tackle do you write it out for everybody yeah yeah so i had to score everything well first i made an (laughs) i made an album that was sounded like each song was like a totally different band you know and i don't know 
I mean, either that's great or that's a terrible idea. I don't know. Because when you go to do it live, then you have to, if you want it to come across, then you need all these people. But um, as far as record consumption goes, it probably makes the most sense these days than the way people are consuming music, you know, like 10 individually really strong songs yeah. rather than composing albums. I know it's hard for people of our age and ilk to like wrap your heads around <laughs> mm-hmm. that but it's yeah. really just the odd way people are consuming ten great now. singles huh? mm-hmm. 10 great singles yeah it's like the 1950s again i got into a fight <laughs> with a producer once I'm, I'm gonna leave him nameless just so i don't have to get into it like that but like where you know i was imagining an album like an album with a a track one and a a track five that closes out side a and right. a track six that opens up side yeah, b dude. and like and the totally. ending song and the real, you know, peppering, the flow of an album. peppering mm-hmm. this song at like track nine just to make sure you don't lose them towards the end. Right, like right. stuff like this. A real narrative. A guy thought I was crazy. <laughs> really? Like nuts. Can I ask, was he older or younger than that you? That was older question. than me. Really? Really? Yeah, that's interesting. yeah. And was basically like, you're just insane if you don't top load your record. Mm, wow. And I'm like, really? Gross. Like, that kind of was, makes me sad. I was offended, like seriously, greatly offended by this. And and I still kind of am. I'm I'm offended by the concept, but he's probably right. As far as like Yeah, but I feel like that's goes. a shitty way to approach making music. Well, once you get onto that level, you know what it's about. Yeah, Steve. of course. It's, but, about, uh, it's about making that cheddar, know, baby. Of course. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's it. That's what they're focused on. Whatever gets that nice aged Stilton cheddar <laughs> on their rich ass China, that's all. That's all they care. It don't matter. Yeah, they're like, "Yo, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's not talking about your moral fabric." You know, it's the kind of gangster shit they say. It's Bullshit, true, Stephen. It true. makes me sad. You know it is. But yeah, it was scary the way people yeah. want to put this together. Now, mm. yeah, that is. It scary. is cool that it kind of opens up like other ways to do it though i think so just do like a one or two things well like we just said at the beginning is like you know there's always this automatic pushback with anything and if there's anything i've learned from being in music so long at this point is that the automatic pushback has has never seemed to go well for anyone and it's the people who are willing to be open to what's coming that seem to be able to adapt with what's going on i mean what if the labels actually adapted to streaming and downloading when it happened. Yeah. You know, what if they were the ones who actually organized the models for streaming and organized the models for this? Right. What if they invested in Napster? Bands still would have been getting paid. <laughs> they would have still been getting paid. Yeah. But instead, they decided to, to fight the future to hold on to their old model, you know? And it's because the old model made so many of them very rich for a long time. Like, I understand it, you know, but they, they didn't see ahead. And, that, you know, it's something considering a lot like, you know, you work on a level and especially now where like, have you considered not giving up your masters, self-releasing things that like, do you find labels and especially, you know, smaller indie labels like functioning with as much importance as they used to? Or is it is it more easily bypassed? I think it's. It is easier to bypass it and do things on your own. I think with a label, <clears throat> what it sort of gives you is uh, it sort of puts you in a pool that um, 
if it's a well-respected pool, then it can sort of like bolster <laughs> what you have. Sure. It's kind of like, who are you surrounded by? Um, there's That's part of it. But does that pool still exist in a streaming model? Because you're not even seeing the pool. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, especially like specific to you, like some of the music you have made, like with your cousins, like it's so experimental. I feel like even for like the punk subgenre, like I would say, like it's almost more in common with like like a John Zorn, like like that sort of like approach. I mean, do you feel like you were kind of afforded that freedom because? You didn't really have to worry about how many records you were going to sell. Yeah. I mean, was it ever a moment when like Maple Leaf or something or like where they were like, this is a little too weird or something? Yeah. Hmm. No, no one's. Uh, uh, I guess I feel really lucky because no one's ever really said that to me. <laughs> and anything, no one said. Uh could you reel it in a little bit? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess, uh, we're really lucky. I mean, maybe people know what they're getting into with like the sort of the company that, that, that sure. we all keep. Like, you know, if you, if it's going to be a Joan of Arc album, you don't expect yeah. <laughs> there to be some hits like radio, <laughs> radio, radio hits. But people, there. but you know, Joan of Arc still plays shows and people come like yeah. they don't need that, which is really, I think really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or even with American football, like you wouldn't expect there to be something really off the wall and experimental in there. Mm -hmm. totally. It's gonna, um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm lucky. I can kind of <laughs> like I don't feel pressure. I really don't. I I just kind of do whatever. And and um, and some days I feel like it wor it works, and some days I feel like it's not working at all. Like some days i feel like oh i wish i i wish i could you know make money <laughs> doing this <laughs> and other days i'm like that's not important at least i'm happy and i'm doing what i'm excited about so yeah. that's the push and pull i think always what what are the odds and this is a question i feel like everyone wants to know of you getting back into modeling <laughs> is it gonna happen everyone wants to know <laughs> no way man i haven't had a haircut I haven't, I haven't had a haircut in like six months i think when i had a baby i was like i'm i'm just done i'm yeah. not gonna do modeling. that anymore yeah see, <laughs> no. see when you walked in i thought that was an intentional like reach to the disheveled <laughs> cool like brooklyn thing like so i didn't even know I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I thought this was all on purpose, man. Like, yes, this whole look is deceptively yeah. like improvised. Uh, Derelict. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Yes, there is no hope for me there. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks for coming. That was cool. Check out Very his birth. Cool. Very cool. Check out his birthmark records. Those are great. Polyvinyl um, records. Polyvinyl. Check out American Football. If you can get in, it's not sold out. No. Goodness. Uh, and yeah, check out all the Joan of Arc, Make Believe. Obviously, really, really underrated and amazing band. And uh, maybe you'll catch Nate doing sound at next gig you see in Brooklyn. He He's got will. some really cool videos of birthmark performing live at Rough Trade. Oh, yeah? I watched some of those. 
worth where checking can, out. Where can people find those, Steve? YouTube.com. On the YouTube? Yep. YouTube. It's yeah, a big it's, site. It's a big site. So thanks to YouTube for <laughs> posting those videos. <laughs> oh, man, did we just do a YouTube drop I think for we did. free? Oh. I think we did. <laughs> Fuck. YouTube, our lawyers are going to be kind well, yeah. Our lawyers. Yeah. yeah, our team. Our team. Of going off track lawyers. Our stream. You know, you would think between you and I both being Jewish, you would think that there'd be... That you guys how many lawyers? lawyers are kicking around in our families? Do you have any? <clears throat> I don't have one. I have a lot of doctors, no lawyers. No lawyers. Uh-uh. Wow. We, so we couldn't pull like the Jewish, the, my cousin Vinny. No. That was my cousin Vinny too. It never came out. Really? <laughs> It was a it was a Jewish kid who got arrested down south with a Jewish lawyer from New York who came down, played by Chaz Palminteri. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I like Chaz. No, nah, I just made all that up. There's no my cousin Vinny too. What are you talking about? I don't know. I wouldn't put anything uh, after that. It. After that Full House reboot, I feel like anything and goes. I didn't lose you on Chaz Palminteri playing the Jewish lawyer. I don't know who Chaz. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know who Chaz Palminteri is. Uh, Chaz. Well, you don't. I don't think so. He's Sonny from a Bronx Tale. Okay. Yeah. He's a big Yankees fan. He calls into WFAN a lot. <laughs> he does. It's pretty funny. Man, you guys want to do the backslashes now? Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you want to support WFAN... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you want to support Going Off Track, you can go to patreon.com slash going off track. Yeah, you, but there's no E on the end of Patreon. But there's no Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. I, you know the site. Uh... <laughs> You and can link to it from our site. Link to it from our site. And you can support us. You can get outtakes, bonus episodes, early episodes, Boom. other Boom. stuff. New you can get stuff. Girl Scout cookies. Nudes. If you want to buy Girl Scout cookies Nudes. for my daughter, go to goingofftrack.com and I'll put a link up there. Girl Scout cookies. Go to goingofftrack.com slash cookies. I'm not Samoas. even kidding. Goingofftrack.com slash cookies. I'm putting up a link so you can buy Girl Scout cookies from the New York whatever troop that that's awesome. Yeah. we should support them. Yeah, man, Girl Definitely. Scouts are cool again. Are they inclusive? They're are they totally cool inclusive. Right. You can join. That's good. <laughs> um, you can also Venmo us if you don't want to support Girl Scouts <laughs> at Venmo.com/slash Off Track, um, or you can just leave us a nice review on iTunes, a five star review. Nice words. Nice kind words. words. Or you can just tweet at us or say hi to us, and you should also record at Pulse Music. Yeah. It's a great studio. This place is lovely. Yeah. Full of rich mahogany. <laughs> a lot of guitars, a lot of buttons. Yeah. Rich mahogany. Knobs. He's talking about the guy that works the front desk. Yeah, his name is very nice man named Rich Mahogany. Rich mahogany. He's, he's very kind. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, Jonah, uh, did you listen to your Uncle Morty yet? Because I left you a, a real doozy that you didn't even respond to at all. I know. I know. I think maybe that should be part of a bonus episode. We'll play it. Okay. Can I play it right now? Uh, let's, save, let's save it for the next one. Let's okay. make people listen next week. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Unless gonna, you have it handy. It's pretty close. This is bonus material. You might want to save. Yeah, it for I think we Patreon. should save it. Right. I think we should save it for a bonus material, and we can do a compilation. Sounds good. We could do a whole com. All right, we're going to talk about this later, but <laughs> you'll definitely want to get on this Patreon thing now. It's, it's, it's your- That's a teaser. <laughs> That's a teaser. <laughs> teaser.
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.